Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to the Yellow Block on the TalkSpot Fan Network. Unseasonably warm weather and even hotter goings on in PE2, where the transfer window has creaked shut. We still have JCH and Ronnie Edwards, but that didn't help us against Pompey. Joining me to discuss the last couple of weeks is Mr. Jared Farmer. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Timothy. You well? I'm not too bad. My f- Well, it's too hot. I'm not going to lie. I don't do well in the heat, but other than that, I'm okay. Yourself? It's very, very similar, mate. I'm built for comfort. I'm not built for this kind of weather. It's uh, It's been testing and it's been rough. Have you ever been a little spoon? Are you always are you always a big... I can't imagine you as a as a little spoon. I don't think that would work physically. How big's that big spoon if I'm the little one? That's what I mean. It, I can't imagine... I don't know. But then I, I reckon if I was the no. little spoon... If I was the big spoon to your little spoon, you'd, you'd be able to really kind of get around that little spoon. I think that would... That would you know, like in a cutlery drawer where they all just sit neat. I think that would work quite nicely. We should cuddle sometime. Transfer window shut there, Mr. Farmer. Uh, quite, quite an eventful uh, last day after it seemed to have been a relatively quiet, calm and collected transfer window. Um, I suppose we've got to start with the big story here, which is Mr. Johnson, Clark Harris. Uh, so just to recap, we got word from Darren McAntony that, that uh, JCH was given permission to talk to a club about three hours before the window was due to shut. QX going into meltdown around, well, multiple things, really. One, where's he going? I feel like at some point he was connected to every club in the country. Uh, and also the fact that we were shipping out our only striker, having earlier on in the day got rid of Tissimanga and nobody coming in. Uh, it was quite a chaotic few hours. Then transpired that there was an error with the paperwork, allegedly. Uh, and that's why JCH remains a posh player, Jared. But it was all quite frantic and, um, well, very posh-like, really, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Well, in fairness to Posh, yeah, very Posh-like, but I don't think it was our error this time. I mean, it's... I don't understand the mentality of clubs, um, why they all panic and do everything. I mean, you're talking literally minutes. I think the JCH transfer didn't go through because of, like, you know, 90 seconds or something. It's just 
the mind boggles. I do not understand why clubs just don't get it done sooner. No, and I can't, you know, we, we've had a story from Dara around why this happened and we've had a statement from Bristol Rovers. But I feel like there's more to this than what's being let on. Uh, would a, a club of Bristol's status, and I don't mean that in a demeaning way, quite the opposite, would they let a paperwork error stop their transfer record signing going through? I can't. I don't buy it myself. I, t- I completely agree with you, though. Why is it all left to the last minute? Uh, in any case, it meant that we suddenly went into buying mode and bought in a couple of uh, a couple of players, which we'll, we'll come on to. But I guess for me, Jared, the question is where does this where does this leave JCH now? Because he was not in the squad the following day, perhaps understandably so. But will he feature? I've heard some people say he'll go out on loan to to Bristol until January. If he does feature, will he be committed? It's a weird dynamic now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's strange for him and it's strange for the club personally. Um, from the club's point of view, I'd have zero interest in playing him. Um, yes, you can. Uh, he's a 30 goal a season striker. Yeah, he is. But the club will sell him in January. If I was Darren Ferguson or, you know, the hierarchy at the club, I wouldn't. There's no sense in playing him. It makes no sense. Um, the club are going to sell him in January. So if we do play him and he, you know, he's our shining light, then it just disrupts the season even more. So between now and then, we need to try and play without him. Um, and yeah, just if we can get him out on loan, I didn't know that was an option, but if we can get him out on loan and then obviously make the deal permanent in January, ideal. But yeah, having him in and around the place, I'm not saying that he's one to kick off or anything like that, but I just can't see the sense in it. No, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It does, it does give Fergie uh, an interesting problem. I think the fact that we had this kind of unscheduled two weeks off um, will hopefully have given Darren time to work out what his, his plan is around there because obviously he would have ended the transfer window with JCH not on his plans at all. So um, it's an odd one, isn't it? It's a, it's a really strange situation because you've got two times League One golden boot winner there um, and most of us are saying he doesn't even make it into the matchday squad anymore. It's a, it's a really odd, strange dynamic. Uh, slightly more positive news was really no news, I guess, on Ronnie Edwards, who incredibly is still a Peterborough United player. For a player of his ability at his age and, let's be honest, his nationality, I can't, I can't get my head around the fact he's still playing at Posh. It's great for us. Uh, but yeah, Edwards is still a... Um, it's still a player that, that uh, Dan can swoon over, Jared. It's a, I don't know. I mean, will he go January? It's just odd, isn't it? Again, I think, yeah, he probably will. Um, I think the club wanted him out, didn't they? But again, couldn't get the price that they, they've quoted. So, yeah, I, I don't like players hanging around when, you know, we all know where they're going. So, um, but again, he's a young player. He's, again, he knows that he's... He knows he's going to get his move. I should think he's a little bit frustrated with the with the clubs that did come in. I think Swansea were in and West Ham as well. So a lot bigger clubs than Posh. But his move will happen. He's a quality footballer and he's a very, very good player. So and we get him for a little bit longer. Yeah, that's very true. In terms of coming in the door, obviously a lot of this was based on the fact, I suspect, that, that JCH was going out. So... Um... Again, an odd setup, perhaps, but paid uh, actual human money for uh, Swindon Town forward Jacob Wakelin. And then uh, we also took on a three, uh, Malik Mothersill, formerly of Chelsea. I say three, but we are free even, but we technically would have had to pay Chelsea compensation fee because of his age. So, again, human like money paid for two strikers there, Jared. I know we don't know too much about them just yet. At the time of recording, we haven't played the Cambridge game. 
and I would expect both of them to feature in that one. But in terms of a, a like-for-like like replacement, it doesn't appear they're like-for-like like in terms of JCH's style, but they are both bright, young, exciting prospects, which, as we know, normally do well up front at Posh. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, they could be the next... Dwight Gale, Samba Longa, there could be the next Luke James, couldn't there? So we, we really don't know at this stage. But like you say, it is exciting. I wasn't expecting a like-for-like like replacement, I think. And I think I said it on the podcast two or three weeks ago that I'm quite looking forward to having them, you know, that Mikhail Smith um, kind of strikers back where, you know, they're running off the shoulder, they're facing the channels. Um, and I think the way we play a football at the minute, that would work. This is what I'm, not, I'm genuinely not too concerned about losing JCH. For that reason alone, really. Yeah, I think I think most of us were kind of ready for that JCH deal to happen. I do wonder though, um, and you touched on it there about the club were hoping this would happen in terms of Ronnie Edwards leaving potentially. Do you think that the club are in trouble? The fact that we've we, you know, Ronnie Edwards aside, obviously this JCH money was rumored to be around eight hundred k. Do we think that we're we're in a bit of an issue there with the fact that that money hasn't gone through? Yeah, absolutely. Allegedly, I believe that. Anyway, um, it is, it's a it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, for any club our size, you you get offers of, I should think the offer for Edwards was probably around two to three million, not quite what they wanted with the, the four or the five that they're after. But and then eight hundred k for for JCH isn't a bad deal, given the fact that he hasn't got long left on his contract. So, um, no, that I should think they've been banking on it. But again, come January, they will get that money through, won't they? But it's certainly not ideal. And again the position we're in financially this we can all make our own judgments on it um it's it's slightly worrying so we do need them funds in don't we we do and it's it's weird with ronnie edwards and, and talking about money for me it's not so much the fact he stayed which is great obviously he's a great player but it was the fees that were being rumored for him i can't i can't get my head around it. this is an england under 21 international with real potential who is the only England under-21s player, to my knowledge, playing outside of the top two divisions. A really great composed footballer. And they're talking about like three, four million. I can't fathom this, especially when the likes of Maguire, who, are, well, Maguire, go for, for crazy money. I can't, I don't know. I do feel like there's a real mis-selling of Ronnie Edwards' value. It's the, the football snobbery and it's infuriating. I remember speaking to loads of different friends at the time, producer Danny being one of them, about Ivan Tony. I know we always harp on about him, but we're in League One. We could see as football fans, not just posh fans, that he, you know, he was even back then Premier League striker. And it's the same with Edwards. Maybe he doesn't he needs a little bit more nurturing than than Ivan Tony did, but he's still at that level. He's still got that level in him, hasn't he? And like you say, he's I think he's won was it the World Cup or the Euros with the with the England youth set up? He's clearly a very good player, but it's because he's in yeah. he's in League One. Unfortunately, he he done it in the Championship. He was solid in the Championship, um, but he's going to need that move, you know, that secondary move before he gets his big money move, and everyone sees what we're seeing now, and it's going to be one of them. I told you so moments. Yeah, I, I wonder if he'll, unlike Tony, who, well, I say Tony has done that kind of move and then the big move, the big move's yet to happen because he's he's absolutely flying with Bournemouth, um, uh, sorry, Brentford even prior to his suspension. I think that Edwards will go to a premiership club next and then potentially be loaned out somewhere, whether that's back to us or the championship, I don't know. But I think he will get his big move. And I was surprised it didn't happen because I feel like we, 
we needed the money. I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going on behind the scene? Potentially, there's already a deal in place. But now that the window's uh, shut, Jared, uh, I'm just going to give you a list of names. If you could just rate these out of 10 based on how good you think this is for the club. Uh, so, Romoni Critchlow. Ooh. 10 is good, um, obviously. And these are all the incomings, first of all. Thanks for explaining that 10's good. Then. <laughs> Um, do you know what I'll go for? I think he's a, he's a solid League One player. He does look a bit clumsy for me, though. He's ever so clumsy, but I'll say six. I don't buy solid League One player at all, but I guess that's why we have different opinions. This guy is a concern for me. I mean, granted, he's young. The whole point of him being here is to develop, but um, yeah, he's our player, so I'm concerned really slightly. Uh, Finn Tally, I know we haven't seen a lot yet from him, but he did feature in the um, in the League game in the League Cup game. Sorry. Very difficult to rate him, isn't it? I think he he plugs a gap. Five. Uh, I know we haven't seen him play as yet. Uh, Malik Mothersill, how excited are you about this one? Not very, because I can't pronounce his surname. It just doesn't sit right. It doesn't sound right. Are you sure it's not Motherville? No, it's Mothersill. Um, uh, I'm not going to be one of them fans that said I've watched Chelsea youth games. I haven't, and nor has anyone else. (laughs) I would say, again, solid five. We don't know. We don't know. I'm excited about this one. I've got a funny feeling this is going to be a brilliant signing for us. Uh, hopefully, obviously, I'm right. Interested on this one, Archie Collins. I think he'll end up becoming a really good, solid player for us. Um, yeah, I'll go for another six. Mm, like a glass coffin remains to be seen for me. Uh, again, we haven't seen him play yet, but Jacob Wakelin from Swindon came with a big <laughs> reputation, this guy. Yeah, again, this one reminds me of the Jack Marriott signing because he it's weird because you speak... Where did he come from? Is it Swindon? Swindon, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't really getting a game for them, was he? I think he's third or fourth choice. And it was the same with Jack Marriott at the time. And bear in mind, Luton weren't what they are now. So um, it's, it's a strange one. We've obviously seen something that others haven't, which is quite exciting because we have got a good track record for it. And um, I'm excited about this one. We'll see. But again, I've never seen the fella play. Uh, I presume he's quick, he's young. I'll give him a six. Uh, Kip Piano as well, another player that came with a, a reputation from the fans that wasn't great, but it's turned out to be a great player. Uh, Nicholas Balakovic, or um, Bilo, as we prefer to call him. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still happy with him. I know he has, I mean, the Northampton game, he had a bit of a freak incident, didn't he? But, and he hasn't looked, I think it's wobbled his confidence a little bit. But um, no, I think it's, un, it's harsh to completely write him off after a, a couple of little blips. So, no, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. I think it's a solid eight so far. Fair play. Yeah. Um, it's another interesting one. Ryan de Havilland. I haven't seen him. He, he has barely played, is he? I think he's come on yeah. come on a few times. But, um, again, is he just going to be one of these squad players? I think he, he come with a decent reputation, but I haven't seen nowhere near enough of these players to be really commenting, to be fair. So, yeah, let's go with the six again. Can't get moaned out on that. He's got dreadful hair, but then I can't say anything. I know I'm expecting high figures here. Peter Chioso. I, uh, do you know what? I'm a 30-year-old man now, but I've never had favourite players. Obviously, apart from the, the god George Boyd, I've had him everywhere. Um, when I say had him everywhere, I'd like to just say that it was like posters <laughs> and stuff. I've not been <laughs> into with him. What you do in your yeah, own time, Jared, is up to you. Um, <laughs> I just love players who actually... Give a fuck, if you know what I mean. He just, he's up and down the wing. He, he's hes in people's faces. Um, and I don't mean just aggression, but he just cares. Um, and bear in mind, he's on loan. So 
when he come in, I, I didn't, I weren't too clear. I thought Rotherham, fucking hell. They, they're not wanting him. I just thought, yes, he's not going to be a good one. But no, I wish he was permanent. I think he's been absolutely top end so far. So, um, yeah, I mean, for the club, it's not great because he's a lone player, but his performances so far for me, solid nine. Yeah, definitely. Along with Kipiano, I'd say sort of player of the season so far for us. I know we're only a few games in, but certainly he's been uh, in that discussion. Um, another loan, again, haven't seen anything of him yet, but Zach Sturge from Chelsea. As again, left back. Interesting one, this one, because it's a left back. So I would assume he will play second fiddle to Burroughs. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a strange one for me because we get him on loan, but we had um, obviously Tomlinson as well in the boot, just and he was our own player. But and he was good; he was ripping it up in league. Yeah, he was really. And the times he played for us, he looked okay. I think a strange one, but he anyway, did. What? It's very odd, but mm. yeah, again, I never heard of the fella. Chelsea youth team. Um, yeah, we'll see six. You need to start watching some Chelsea youth games, Jared. Uh, last... I can't. I don't have to. There's loads of posh fans. They've seen them all play, so I just let them comment. That's very true. And then last uh, last incoming was a lone 18-year-old Jadal Katongo centre-back from Man City, who I suspect, and I may be wrong, was bought in assuming Edwards was going to be going in the other direction. 100%. And he's he's can't be over 12 or 13, can he? He's seen him. Yeah. Allegedly, he's 18. Yeah, he looks very, very lightweight, doesn't he? And um, that clearly, if he's in the Man City set-up, you guarantee he's good on the ball and things like that. But... Yeah, just slightly concerned me, League One, some of the lumps they have up front in that league. So, yeah, we'll see how we get some, but hopefully it's a, a good uh, good signing. Yeah, the thing with Jade as well is he was in City's, like, elite youth team. So, kind of like, I can't remember what they call it now, but, like, they're sort of like, they're equivalently under-21s and 18 is as well. Uh, he's got a decent number of caps as well. So, um I mean, he's clearly got something about him. Uh, but yeah, remains to be seen a little bit with him. In terms of going out, so ratings here, I guess, in terms of how good a deal this is for the club, I suppose. So starting off with a big one, which was Jack Taylor. So 1.75 million uh, to Ipswich, who haven't yet played him. Um, what would you score this for the club? Yeah, I think it's cheap. I, I really do. I mean... Yeah, he was solid enough in it. But was he in the championship? I think he started well, didn't he? But dropped off a little bit, which is disappointing. But again, I think he's a player who will move on for plenty of money in the in the future. And obviously, I'm sure we'll get a sell on in that. But disappointing, really. I, I think the fee was. I was quite shocked. I thought it was a little lower than what I was expecting. So disappointing for the club this one. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, uh, Joe Ward out. Free transfer to Wayne Rooney's derby. It was disappointing not to get any money for him, but what can you do? I think they, well, I know so that they tried many, many times to get him over the line. Um, but yeah, I think I'm getting vibes that I think he thinks he's a little bit better than what he is, um, but a really solid player. And you know, if he was still with us, I'd be delighted. So um, yeah, it's one of them. It's disappointing that we couldn't get a fee for him, but it's no fault of the club, really. Trio of players to League One leaders, Steve Evans, Stevenage. First up was Nathan Thompson. Like I said at the start of the season, it was time to move him on. Um, really solid player for us, done a great job. But yeah, he's uh, he's on the he's on the decline now, isn't he? Yeah, joining him at the back was Dan Butler. Solid player. I like Butler. I thought he was a good player. Um, I would have kept him. He'd probably be in my starting eleven, to be fair. But I know many of the posh fans had had enough of him. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can go too wrong with him, to be fair. No, I was disappointed with this next one. Ben Thompson's also gone to Stevenage. 
No, I agree. I didn't see. No, I don't agree with you. I disagree. I didn't see a player in there <laughs> at all. He ran around a lot, but um, yeah, I, I don't think he offered much at all. I think you can replace him easily, like you just said with the Haviland and players like that. I think he he ticks a box. Yeah, he's a squad. He is a squad player. I don't deny that. But for me, I, I feel like he had more to him. Uh, gone off in search of European football. Uh, Frankie Kent's gone north of the border. Yeah, well, he won't get that in Scotland because all shit anyway. But he was a um, great player. Really liked Frankie Kent, and it would have been I'd have liked to have kept him and had him as a as a captain. But League One team. He's, he's again. He's had his time here, isn't he? Was he been four or five years? I think. Um, I'm probably wrong on that, but feels like he's been around a while. He's had his cycle, hasn't he? So he deserves a move. Just shame he's gone up north. Yeah, most predictable transfer ever. This has been planned for about a decade. Oliver Norburn's gone back to Blackpool. I, yeah, not not too fussy. He was a solid player, but he'd been wanting out for a while, and he so, yeah, time to move him on. Uh, Christy Pym uh, from the Borrowers has left. He's gone to Mansfield. Horrible little prick. Move on. <laughs> and then we've talked about him already. A little bit disappointed with this one personally. Joe Tomlinson has gone to MK Dons. Um, yeah, weird one, isn't it, with Thompson? Because uh, Tomlinson, sorry, because he's um, he's a. I always found Joe Tomlinson a player that I wanted to see more of. There was clearly something happened behind the scenes that we're not privy to, because. He, whenever he went out on loan, he did really well. Whenever he played for us, he did well. And he went out on loan at a time when we had no other left back. So there must be something going on with him. But in any case, he's now gone on a permanent to uh, Milton Keynes. Yeah, it's strange. Really. Like I say, we, fans always saw that he was quite a decent player and he wasn't just, you got a standard left back like Dan Butler who gets the job done. But he seemed to have that side to him. But he also had a good left foot on him, didn't he? I think he was you know, a bit of a free kick specialist as well. So... Would have been nice to see what he could do. Shame he's gone there. He's playing in front of an empty stadium. It's going to be no fun for him. But um, yeah, good luck to him. Not, not a bad deal. At least we got we got a fee, didn't we? Yeah. And then finally, another bit of a weird one, this one. Uh, May the 31st, we officially signed Kabongo Tishimanga. Uh, and then also on uh, May the 31st, uh, we agreed in principle a deal for Kabongo Tishimanga to join Fleetwood. He's initially gone on loan with the view to a transfer. Um yeah, weird one, this one. Where do you stand on uh, on Tishy? I was quite excited when he came through the door. I thought I'd seen, a, I had seen a little bit of him. Um, that's probably because he didn't play for Chelsea reserves. <laughs> but yeah, he did look a solid player and a you know, posh type of signing. But yeah, it's not worked for him, is it? He hasn't really had the minutes. He, don't get me wrong, he's had a couple of starts and he really hasn't performed when, he, when he's had them chances. So yeah, disappointing. Um, I'm fully expecting to, to leave on a permanent. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's the player that we'll, we would have signed if we'd got him before the injury. Unfortunately, um, we were promised kids. Uh, average age of players in is twenty one. Average age of players out is just short of twenty six. So they have lowered the average age of the squad this year. So all in all, then, Jared, if you were to, to rate our transfer window as a total out of ten, what are you giving us? Um, I'm not too excited with the incomings, but I think in regards to the outgoings, although it's been a bit of a failed job, but if you go on paper, we've kept our better players, really, haven't we? Um, lost a few of the experienced members of the squad, but in fairness to the club, I think it's been a solid window. Um, yeah, 7.5. 
I think it's maybe different to what we expected. I think we expected lots out and, you know, Definitely. kids from like Dawkins under 12 to come in. So I, I feel like we've done better perhaps than we... You say that though, wouldn't you Wouldn't you prefer um, dog and duck youngster than someone from Man City, you, you know, we've got no chance in sign, signing on a permanent? No, with a bollocks. No, I I, you, want, you want to see the best players play at your club, right? Even if you've only gone for a year. Because let's be honest, Jared, if we signed Dan Smith from the Dog and Duck and he turned out to be any good, he'd be gone in a year anyway. I know, but that benefits the club, doesn't it? Us having Zach Sturge, Zurge, or Zorg, whatever his name is, with us, and if he, uh, if, he, if he smashes it, he makes Chelsea a pretty penny, doesn't he? It's the same as when we had Ben White. Um, yeah, you, yeah. But I, I guess we're, we're a part of the journey, but we, you don't benefit really, do you? On the field, maybe, but... We know that this club is all about making money and, and keeping the business afloat. So these loans, they just make no sense to me, really. Well, I guess it's a balancing act, isn't it? Could we sign the three players to cover the positions that we've brought in on loan? Yeah, probably, but they wouldn't necessarily be the quality that we need to achieve what we want on the pitch. It's that balancing act, isn't it, between bringing in your own assets and bringing in assets that can help plug a gap or provide a little bit of quality. And And I personally think with the... Um, extra minutes we're playing this season and with the extra suspensions that we're going to be getting because of all the extra yellows, I think we'll need that depth. Um, I'm, I'm quite excited. I feel, you know, if, you, if you'd given me this transfer window back in the start of the summer, I'd have been quite surprised, um, particularly that we've kept Edwards. The JCH thing, I feel, leaves a little bit of a, of a sour taste in because I, I feel the club needed that money um, and I do worry that that's going to have consequences. I think you could tell Daryl was quite disappointed by the way that that all played out. Whether there's more to that or not, I don't know. Um, but I, I expected more out, if I'm honest with you, Jared. I thought there was, I thought we would we would lose Edwards and I thought we would we would lose, you know, some of the other ones like Mason Clark, Poku, people like that. I thought they would go. And as it stands, we've, we've kept all of them. Yeah, I agree. Like I say, we, we have kept a lot of our better players, which is brilliant. Again, with the club's position, was we expecting a fire sale? You'd like to think not, but it could have happened, couldn't it? So we we have kept the the majority of them. And I think it's much harder. A few years ago, 2009, 10, 11, there wasn't many clubs recruiting from non-league, League 2. And now, again, I think that's due to what we've done. Um, other clubs have adopted that style who have got a bigger budget um, and you know do it a little bit better now because of them reasons. So we are, I think we scout a lot of the... A lot of the players that end up going to Norwich, Bournemouth, um, and you know Brentford teams like that. But one person you've not mentioned is uh, was it Benjamin Arthur? I think he went for nearly a million pounds and he to to Brentford. And all the all the money that's been put in um, in regards to youth setup and things like that. I know that the goal is to make money, which they've done. But you you sold the dream of you know you're going to get these players and we're going to in through what well, I think he was here from eight nine, um, get the players in at that age, completely put them through the Peterborough United Academy, and then you know you get to see them as a first teamer. We all love and adore them, and then they get sold on for yeah. you know good profit. And it was like we're skipping that bit out, and it happened with um, is it Nascimento who went to Crystal Palace? Uh, it's a little bit it's disappointing because you hear you, you get bigged up by them, don't you? You're constantly hearing it from Dara and others. You know, wait until you see this play. Well. We don't get a chance to see them, you know. They're, they're out the door before we've we've got a chance. So, I'm all for having the academy, and and you know that will run the club. And 
don't get me wrong, they've got a good deal for it, but it's just um, you're missing out the part that you enjoy as a fan, aren't you? Yeah, but ultimately, we always knew that when the new owners came in, it was that changing model from just buy young and hungry and sell for profit to sort of having different revenue streams. And I guess this is that balancing act, and maybe we're seeing that a bit more. You're quite right with what you say, though. I wonder, though, does it, now that the, the window's closed, has it changed your predictions for the season at all? Granted, you've got, you know, how many games we played now? Like six, seven games as well to work off. Um, have your predictions changed, do you think, from the summer? No, I did say that some of that wasn't expected much. I think I probably said 14. Um, I think we potentially could get top half, but yeah, no, not really. I think we'll be in and around, you know, 14th mid-table. Yeah, I actually think I've seen enough. I know we haven't seen these new guys yet, but I actually feel like they're coming from good stocks that they will probably add to the team rather than uh, take away. So I actually feel like we'll do a little bit better than what I initially predicted. I don't think we'll be a million miles off a playoff race, um, which will be a, a great outcome, I think, compared to where we were uh, just a few months ago. Uh, we asked uh, on X as well, uh, how would you rate this transfer window overall? Loads of replies. Feel free if you want to jump in on any of these, Jared, if any of these uh, tickle your fancy. Uh, Dave F says, slightly better than expected, provided JCH keeps his call about the Bristol Rovers debacle. Despite retaining our top two assets, I still can't see us making the top eight, which is fine as we're in year one of a year th- of a three-year rebuild. Not sure how this outcome impacts Peterborough's financial position, though. Uh, Ian Gow says, Ronnie will never go because no one else in football values him as much as the estate agent. JCH will be gone in January. Uh, Charlie White says, managed to keep both big assets despite blatantly wanting to get rid of both. Uh, Neil Hubbard says, well above expectations for me. Some quality-looking additions, especially Collins. From the off-field off perspective, would have been handy to move on JCH and get in a cheaper alternative, but hard to comment too much on that side of things. So overall, very positive given the club's strategy. Levi, Chris, I think people have forgotten how low expectations were at the beginning of June. The team is far better than I expected it to be. Tom Hutchinson's shipped out two players that aren't good enough, kept our biggest assets, bought in a forward who was on the shortlist for the League Two Player of the Year last season, and two loans from big clubs, nine out of ten for me. From a turnover financial fair play point of view, a bit of a worry though. JCH is a big earner and not worth 800,000 in Jan. That's an interesting point, Jared. Actually, I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, Mitch Brightwell, some good signings, a crazy end to it, but that's posh for you. Everything ends up last minute. We could have done with signing one or two more players, 7.5 out of 10. And then finally, posh fan 007. Defence is a bit better. Probably could have done with more depth in fullbacks. Midfield is done. Probably improved, probably improved in forward lines with Wakelin over Tishimanga. I'd say 7 out of 10. Not improving depth is probably the biggest weakness. Quite a varied uh, plethora of views there. But just with what Tom was saying, Jared, about from a turnover financial uh, fair play perspective, he's saying that JCH is a big earner and won't be worth 800k in Jan. It's a really interesting point, going back to what you were saying about we can't play him, he doesn't have a place in this squad. That will kill his value, right? Yeah, potentially. But I think what he's done recently um, will still hold that value. And clubs get a little bit more desperate in January because you may have a team who's, you know, going for top two, who their striker's injured and, they, you know, they desperately need someone who can just hit the ground running and get the goals. JCH can do that. So for me... I still think we'll get certainly near that, if not, you know, the exact fee that they they agreed with Bristol Rovers. I can see, and I don't think they're interested to you here, but someone like Wrexham, they've signed that Stephen Fletcher. I don't, I think he's passed it. 
Um, I think they're that little scouse fellow they got up front who broke his ribs and stayed in Ryan Reynolds' house for a month. <laughs> Mullen, you mean? He, Mullen, <laughs> that's it. He, uh, if he's not back, then again, they might they can throw six or seven grand a week at JTH, can't they? So I think we'll get the money for him. Uh, but I am looking at it a little bit more with a business head on after all the stuff we've heard about the club. So ideally, you want to be moving Edwards and JTH on as soon as really. Yeah, I wonder if a deal will be done already or will be done imminently in the next couple of weeks that says that he will go in January. If I'm Bristol Rovers, I just come back now and say, just do us a deal now. I um, so I did read somewhere that loans are still an option, so potentially that, but even if that isn't an option, you want to get them tied down to it now so that that money is secured in Jan. Uh, I don't think he'll lose too much value between now and then, uh, even if he's not playing, to be fair. Um, yeah, but that's the transfer window. It was a, yeah, it was a, a frantic end. Um, but I suppose overall, you have to be relatively happy. And I guess that's echoed with what, what the fans are saying on X there, really. It's, it seems okay. It feels like we could potentially do a little bit more in terms of squad depth. But then I feel like we always say that. It feels like maybe the defence is better. But then there's still a lot of unknowns, isn't there, I guess, in terms of these youngsters that have come in. We haven't even seen a play yet. And here we are trying to rate them and trying to mark the transfer window. Exactly, it's an impossible job, but you'd, you'd argue we've got more options off the bench than we did before, haven't we? So, and the bench was looking incredibly thin. So, it's yeah, it's a positive. We're in a better position now, so let's see what we can do. Yeah, not so positive news, though. We'll have a quick break, and then we will look back at our drubbing on the South Coast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So Portsmouth 3, Posh 1, feels like an age ago now, probably because it was quite forgettable, this one, Jared. It was, if I'm honest, it was kind of a... A copy and paste of the Derby game started really well, put together some really good passages of play, scored, and then just went, yeah, that'll do for us. That's our half an hour done. And just went into complete self-destruct mode. And really, we were lucky it didn't end up being another uh, 4-2 or, or even worse. It was woeful after we scored again. Yeah, you're right. We, we started well, controlled the game, and then the defending. I mean, you mentioned earlier Critchlow. It was shocking, like really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of tapered my expectations a little bit, that has. But, um, yeah, disappointing, really disappointing. Yeah, I think the for me it was the fact that there was... The fact it was so much of a copy and paste of the Derby game the week before concerned me a lot because... We hear a lot, don't we, from Darren about, you know, players will learn from this, we'll go back and we'll look at what we could have done differently. But clearly something wasn't learned because we did the exact same thing. And I wonder, is that a, is that coming from on the pitch or is it a tactic thing? There's, there's clearly something because it happened two weeks in a row whereby you start well, you push them back, you score, 
And then I don't know if they're just putting on the brakes or if they're told to sit back. But as soon as you invite pressure, this defence just, just can't cope with it. Yeah, I don't have the answer. I wish I did. I'd be getting older Fergie. But <laughs> it's a strange one. Like you say, when he, he says all the right things after. And then kind of performance happened, don't they? But you'd like to think not in a row. So that's what we've experienced at the minute. Is It, it is worrying because, like you said, the same mistakes are being made. And you can almost see it coming, can't you? We start well, we score. And then you just see the, the daft mistakes. But a lot of the mistakes come from the way Fergie wants to play football. You know, all the tippy-tappy stuff around the 18-yard. I've never been a fan of that, to be fair. But you're, more of, you're more of a Steve Evans character, aren't you? You can't. The opposition can't score if the ball's anywhere near our box. That's a Steve slightly, Evans I mean, Yes, slightly. Well, more Steve Evans waistline, that's for sure. But <laughs> I think with... Um, I don't... It's difficult because we do play good football. And when it comes off, which it has many times this season so far, you're watching the pattern, you think, bloody hell, you know, we're, we're a really good passing team. And I think we have been so far this season. But with that, certainly at this level, comes mistakes at the back, don't it? And it's frustrating to watch because, like you say, you can you can almost forecast it. So um, it's one of them. It, it comes with the territory of playing that way, doesn't it? It does. And actually, there are definitely positives to take from both the Portsmouth and the Derby game, which is odd when we're talking about capitulations. But in both cases, for the first half hour, we looked really, really good, like top two good. And I think that's why my expectations have come up. My concern would be if we had lost uh, Ronnie, because we like to play out from the back and he's so composed on the ball, if we had lost Ronnie we would have been in trouble. The concern I've got, and you're right with what you say there, is that Critchlow isn't that type of player for me. He's not someone that can keep calm like Ronnie does and find that pass. He needs to just get rid of it. He can't cope with it. And I suppose that's what we need Fergie to do something about, I guess. Uh, the, the other thing, I guess, around Critchlow, and we saw it in this Pompey game because he's so... Uh, poor on the ball, let's be honest, he was poor on the ball, is we've got Josh Knight on the bench. Now, Josh Knight is our player, uh, and he's a player that Dara said will be getting a new contract soon, or at least offered a new contract. I can't fathom for me, and I'm hoping you might have the answer, as to why we're playing Critchlow over our own player, who is a good player. I can't... Why is Knight not making it next to Ronnie Edwards at the back there? I don't. I don't get it. I'm hoping you might have a different view. Yeah, I think it's down to Josh Knight wanting out, really. Um, I think he was very close, wasn't he, to QPR and um, maybe another move up north. Um, and obviously, they've all fallen through and it looks like he's staying. So I think that will change in the coming weeks. I think you'll see that um, he does end up being an integral part of the defence. And he needs to be because, mm-hmm. for me, yeah, I'd be having him again um, playing alongside Edwards. And then when Edwards leaves, you know, you can put Critchlow back in there. But yeah, like, you say the way we want to play football, um, Critchlow reminds me a little bit of uh, Gabby Zakwani. Um, clumsy on the ball. Don't get me wrong, does the defending, but does he? I don't know, Portsmouth, he didn't. But um, you can see he's a bit of a battler, though, in regards to defending. But on the ball, does look a little bit clumsy. So, yeah, I would be having Knight in the 11 without a shadow of a doubt. And I think he's a bit of a leader as well, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely is. And he's versatile. So obviously he can play anywhere in that back three and he can play further forward in a sort of defensive midfield role. So uh, for me, he's a, he's a no-brainer. I do think that it's... I don't see a player in Critchlow, but it's probably unfair just to pick on him after the Pompey game because they're all poor. Even Kyoso, who both you and I have said 
have been has been really really impressive this season. Even he was poor against Portsmouth. Um, I don't think anyone in that backline had a had a particularly good game. But being more positive and at the risk of dredging up old conversations again, uh, Ricky J Jones for the first half an hour was storming that. He had free run of that left touch line. And then, of course, we've got the news since then that he's now out again for three weeks. It's that it feels like we're just copying, pasting conversations that we've had before about Ricky. He's made a rich tea, and he bless him. It's a shame because, like I've said for a while, I've seen him in in games like we all have, and he's been been fantastic. And you can you can see a player in there, but it's deja vu, and he plays well. He gets into the team. You think, hang on, he's going to go on a run here, and then you know something in him snaps and breaks down. Yeah, would you? I wonder, Joe, if you were, if you were Fergie, if you were the manager, you're playing football manager or FIFA or whatever. Do you keep Ricky J Jones or do you sell him in the transfer window? I think it's getting t- close now to cutting your ties. But would I sell him this season? No. And I can't remember one of the lads on the podcast made a really good point about, you know, if he wasn't one of our own, would he have been sold on already? Yes, he would have. That's just a fact. He would have done. Um. Again, we, we all see that talent in there, don't we? we? We all see what he can do. And if he can get them run of games and he keep his fitness up, you know, it's not his fitness, it's, it's you know, it's what goes wrong with his body. But um, then, yeah, he can he can do a job. Yeah, we don't, we don't. Um, so I think that was the point I was making on the pod about the fact he's our own player, but it's more around the fact that when he burst onto the scene, like everyone's really excited because this kid's fast, he's great, he's got so much potential. And that was like, feels like years, it was years ago now, is have we seen enough development in that time to warrant him still being in the squad? I'd argue we haven't. Is he a better player than he was three, four years ago? I don't think he is at all. No, I think he's the same. I don't think he's developed anywhere near enough uh, for me. And, and he's just, he doesn't, I mean, he was great against Portsmouth. He has these games. He was great against Man City. But he doesn't give us enough anymore, I don't feel. He should have been out on loan a year ago, two years ago. We, we missed that boat, I think. Yeah, I agree completely. He should have gone out on loan. I think he's developed physically slightly. Um, oh, we're saying he still gets injured. But um, I, in the sense where he looks a little bit more of a footballer, he was a bit more gangly back then, weren't he? So, again, that's an age thing. He's developing that way. But, um, yeah, progress on the pitch, not really. He's still just got that, you know, pace. A bit of trickery, but that's what he's always had, isn't it? He really come on in the Papa John's trophy a few years ago. And I think he was 16, 17 when we first saw him. So no, fully agree with you there, Tim, that he's he hasn't really developed much on the field. Yeah, I don't think so. Hey Jared, here's one for you. We've had uh, a voice clip in from Emerald Posh. Hello, Yellow Block, it's Emerald Posh again. I've got another question. What would you rather have? What's it crumbs permanently? in and around your fingers or what's it crumbs permanently in and around your teeth? I mean, it sounds like he's reading off a script there, but uh, Emerald Posh asking all the big questions that we all want to know the answer to. Joe, this is food-based, so I feel like I'll offer this up to you as our expert. I'd ride that a bit on my fingers. Um, as soon as I wake up, I feel like an ostrich is shutting my mouth <laughs> and I have to instantly get the Colgate and deep throat that uh my uh toothbrush so no for me all day long get it on my fingers yeah but the, would you though because then everything you touch will taste of what yeah I, mm. sounds good to me yeah actually that yeah that's a valid point actually 
I mean, it might be awkward for me in my job potentially. I'm not sure you'd you'd want somebody with WhatsApp fingers turning up. But yeah, no, it's. Uh... But imagine your breath. Your breath would sting. It'd be awful. There you go, Emerald Posh. There's your answer. Fingers, it seems. Um, so yeah, if you could give Emerald Posh uh, your finger, Jared, that would be great. Uh, you can uh, follow Emerald Posh's lead there and leave us a voice message to be played on the show. Just head to speakpipe.com forward slash the yellow block and you can record a voice note up to 90 seconds, whether that's telling us how wrong we've been on a recent episode, suggesting ideas for the pod or an early vote for me for host of the season. That's speakpipe.com forward slash the yellow block. Or me. Well, or you. I've just realised, Jared, there's only two of us on tonight, but actually it's uh, every recipient of Host of the Season is on this episode. So this should be, uh, by that logic, the best episode we have all season, right? That is true, and that it will be. Well, now that we've talked about when you would reveal your what's-its cheesy fingers to a potential partner, uh, I feel like we are, I mean, if we don't, you know, shoot up the podcast charts for this, I don't know what's going to do it, to be fair. yeah. Anyway, uh, I did just want to pick your brains on something, Jared, as well. Uh, Dan and I had a, a friendly debate uh, on the last episode about uh, games at London Road. And, and Dan was basically implying that away fans bring too many fans uh, and that we should cap their numbers um, because it's creating an unfair advantage for the posh players. I thought this was absolute nonsense and suggested a compromise of moving fans from the London Road terrace into the um, motor point putting your away fans either in the yellow block section or in the London Road Terrace. Now, obviously, in your job, you get to mix and mingle with the away fans, so you probably have a different perspective on this. Just wondered where you stand on this debate. Yeah, I think Dan's talking bollocks, um, which surprises me because he's an intelligent fella. But, <laughs> again, it's more business head on and the club need that revenue. You get um, Derby here with 4,000 fans or whatever they brought. It's good for the club. So, yeah, I do get his point. It's a little bit embarrassing when they've got um, they've got the full away end and they've got the other block and halfway up to the near, near the tunnel. It is a little bit embarrassing. It's half a stadium almost. But um, it's one of them. If, if we're not filling it, then they're going to. It's one of the, it's, it's catch-22, really. But, um, yeah, I understand what he's saying. But, no, for me, you know, if, they're gonna, if they can sell 4,000, sell them. But would you swap the... The fans over, you know, again, you know more of the kind of the fans that are in London Road Terrace. Would most of them, do you think, be happy to switch to the mother point? Uh, the mother point, <laughs> the motor point even. Um, it's, you know, newer facilities, more leg room. It's nicer. You can stand there potentially. Uh, for me, like, it would create a better atmosphere, right? I think it would. I think acoustically, you, I mean, you spoke about it for a while, that the motor point end, I can't remember what it's called now, um, that would... I think that lets out noise a little bit better than the old uh, London Road. Um, do I think posh fans would be happy with it? Probably not. I think it comes down to as well. Again, this is my opinion. I've got no knowledge of whether this is true or not. But I think with the away fans, I think it's it's they're easier to manage in the newer in the newer stand. I think from um, a security point of view, that might be the case. Uh, but yeah, if I was a posh fan, which I am, um, you know, in the in the London Road end. Had a season to get in there. Would I want to be moved? I think more so now because the safe standards not gone down well, has it? I think it's a, it's a nightmare for the for everyone really. And I would probably be, be up for a move personally. Yeah, I think so too. Plus, you get the extra leg room. I think we should just do a Gillingham, build a scaffolding in KFC car park, um, and uh, stick them in there. And I'm I up for that. 
Yeah, I don't mean the KFC on Lincoln Road either. I mean the um, on London Road, sorry, either. I mean the uh, KFC at I. I think we should just put them there because then Dan will be happy because we won't be able to hear him. Good job. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, we're into September now. We can just about warrant looking at the table, I think, Jared. Here's uh, just a, a brief overview of how it stands. So Posh currently sitting 13th, three straight defeats, played six, we've got nine points. Top of the table, Steve Evans, Stevenage played 7-14 points, followed by Bolton, and then Exeter, Port Vale, Portsmouth, and ugh, Cambridge make up the playoffs. Uh, obviously, teams will start to find form, and, and this will change, but it does give us a rough idea of how we expect things to be playing out. Um, any surprises? How are you sort of looking at the rest of the league? Yeah, I mean, Steve Evans and Stevenage have surprised me a little bit. Cambridge as well, which makes me a little bit ill. Um, no, again, I'll put, my, I'll put us at around 14th. So I'm not too shocked on that. I think we will pick up a little bit. I can see us going on a bit of a run as well. But mm. um, yeah, I'm sure we'll drop off at some point. But again, it's we, we're doing okay, aren't we? It's, it's, it's a transitional period. I don't think, I mean, I certainly wasn't expecting playoffs. And I think a lot of fans are trying to get you know, down to that level now where, you know, we are going to be not struggling, but it's a transitional period for the club, isn't it? On and off the field. So, should we be top two this season? No. And if we, and if we do have a float of the playoffs, like you predicted, Tim, it's going to be, um, it's going to be enjoyable, isn't it? So, and it'll, it'll be a surprise if nothing else. Yeah, I, I just, the reason I say that is I look at the top eight, really. I, I, I mean, Port Vale and Exeter are both doing great. I think Exeter will hang around. Port Vale, I don't think will. But then just outside the playoffs, you've got the likes of Oxford, Lincoln and Barnsley, who I think will find form. So I kind of feel like the top six, seven is probably already going to be spoken for. But I think beyond that, you've got a pool of probably about eight, nine, ten teams that won't really do a huge amount. And I kind of feel like you can be best of that bunch or best of the rest almost and you know you you win two or three games back to back and suddenly the playoffs suddenly look a bit more realistic um i do expect uh, wigan to start to make moves i know they've lost a couple on the bounce but they they look quite good considering they had the points deduction as well so i think they'll start to to climb the table but it's uh i do it's going to change this year purely because of squad depth is going to be pushed in all of these teams a lot more than it's ever been pushed right and i think that's going to play play a big part as we start to come into the, the winter months. Definitely. And like I said, with the um, the extra football that's going to be played, the squad depth's vital. And I think that's why the transfer window is going to be what we've done. And it's going to be a massive plus because the bench is looking a lot better, isn't it? So it's going to be interesting one. And talking of Port Vale, we went to Alton Towers the other day and I've never seen so many Port Vale fans. It was like you would gone to, well, Peterborough and seen a load of Man City fans, just the norm, isn't it? It was the Port yeah. Vale fans everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's that area, isn't it? It's, uh, I always find it really interesting in other places to see how many of them support the local team. And we've had this before. We, we had this discussion before, I'm sure. But like, obviously, I spend vast majority of my day in Coventry, unfortunately. And, and it's all Coventry fans. You don't see any other team, perhaps understandably so, they're a big club. But then you go to places like you just mentioned there, which I would argue are smaller than Peterborough. I mean, Alton Towers brings in people from all over the place. Port Vale, they're not a huge club. And yet there's fans everywhere. But go to Peterborough... Do you see Peterborough fans walking around everywhere? No. You see the odd one. Then you see a Man United fan and a Chelsea fan and a West Ham fan. It just feels like we're, we don't, the city doesn't back the club in the way that other places do. 
No, I completely agree. Do you know, I see um I see two Northampton fans as well. What which I wanted to give them a, I wanted to give them a bit of a dig, but uh, it was uh, not the time or place. But yeah, Northampton Port Vale. And like you say, it's nice to see the Port Vale fans there because it's near there and supporting the locals. Well, I mean, it's it's always been a massive annoyance for me. I know we spoke about it loads and in fairness to the club, they've done they have done a lot in regards to getting fans in, but it's frustrating because there's there is so many football fans in the area, and I'm not just talking about Peterborough, but that you know that catchment area, twenty miles radius. Um, but yeah, no, no, other clubs. no other clubs. If you're in Port Vale, you've got loads of clubs that you can pick from other than Port Vale in Peterborough. There's nobody else. It's balmy that we don't get more. Fans. It's even more annoying when you do support Peterborough, being from around the area, and you get shit off a lad who's been born in Peterborough and supports well now Newcastle or or someone yeah. like that it's it's ridiculous yeah to be fair if I ever go out in uh, rugby or Coventry with my away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com um, my Peterborough like, shirt on or anything like that you, you can always see people double taking like what's what club's that yeah, um, yeah must have I got thought... it for free from a raffle or something yeah well I mean most of my yeah I mean it's not wrong most of it you know most of it is but in fact actually that's a, a side note you've reminded me there Jared just Bear me a second while this loads. Just a, a public message to JNOR411 on uh, Vinted. Um, you're currently selling a Peterborough United training top. If you could please reply to my offer that I put in five days ago, that would be great. Thank you. Um, good. I'm glad you reminded me of that, Jared. Thank you very much. Um, any other business that you'd like to cover, sir? No, other than that, this has been an absolute shit show. Um, forgetting my work PC, using my wife's... Um, HP laptop from 2003. Now I'm walking around the kitchen with my work phone. So if it does sound bad, uh, apologies. No, you, you sound fine to me. I thought you were saying that it was a shit show, as in, you know, I was trying my hardest. It's got me and you on it. It's not going to be shit, is it? You, you know, yeah. this is the uh, best rating so far, I thought. The, Although, yeah, well, how hot is it still? Are you still melting? I I can't wait. The reason that I've skipped through the script is because I need to get this fan back on. I'm. I'm slight, no lies. I've um, The only plus about walking around the kitchen is I've been. Dunking various parts of my body in the sink, um, well, which has been really what's its fingers, lovely. Yeah, that's true. And George Boyd with his long hair. It's just so muggy. I know it's a British thing to say, but fucking, it's just unbearable. Like, bring me the winter, honestly. I can't. I, I hate summer. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like I'm wishing it away, which I absolutely am. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm always. I do love the winter, autumn as well. But it's, it's think... not thirty odd degrees for me. No, no. What annoys me more is how you get lulled into a false sense of security by the weatherman. Because looking at the weather for today, yesterday, it was like, oh, it's only going to be like low 20s. It will cool down a lot today. And then you get to today and it's like, actually, no, sorry, we were joking there. It's still going to be like high 20s, (laughs) still really humid. And then you look at tomorrow and it's like, it's going to be like 20 degrees. You think, oh, thank God. But you can guarantee that tomorrow it will be like 28, 29. (laughs) They're just constantly lying to you. That's what irritates me the most, I think. I've got some trousers out for the first time in many weeks for tomorrow because I've seen it's going to be 16 degrees, apparently, in Spalding with rain. But, yeah, we will see. No doubt I'll be um, getting a pair of shorts on in the morning. Yeah, it'll be regretting now. It'll be 30 degrees. It's just so it's so humid, isn't it? It's just the... Oh, I know I know it's British, but um, I, can't, I can't deal with it. I might move to Iceland. 
if it wasn't so expensive, I reckon I'd move. I'd move to Iceland. You know, beautiful country as well. Um, you yeah. should do it. Iceland is a country, Jared. It's just not. It's not just where you get chicken nuggets. From. Oh, I thought it's where I got my chicken dippers from. Yeah, no, it's it's a country as well. Lovely as well. It's very nice. Uh, yeah, there we go. Well, anyway, thanks for listening and thanks to those who have written to us. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode later on this week to preview the Orient game. I don't actually know that for a fact. I'm just assuming that Dan Tottenham Weldon is on that one. If he's not, then we will be back next week to preview the Bolton away game. Um, he'll definitely want to do a preview for that one because it's his local game. Uh, don't forget to follow us on the socials or visit our website, which is the yellowblock.co.uk. That's the yellowblock.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Up the bus. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.